Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Joined by a face I think a couple people in the audience may be familiar with. A good friend of mine, absolutely love him. Paved the way for me to do what I'm doing right now, setting the high standard. Really excited to have him on back with the network. Evan, how you doing, bro? I'm doing well. I'm all right. I, I got to be honest with you, Taylor. Today, I I faded down the stretch today, just like the Patriots offense. I, I have pending <laughs> to practice. Uh, my, my face is all sunburned. I had to go run out and get allergy medicine because I was just sneezing up a storm in my hotel room. So I, I'm all right now, though. I, I, I got it together just for you. But I, I think that, uh, like I said, just like the Pats offense, uh, you know, maybe a little bit rough uh, down the stretch. Good start, right? rough down the stretch. That was perfect. You set me up really well because you powered through. Now let's talk about Mac Jones powering through. It was a pretty tough situation from his supporting cast. How did you think he did, you know, separate from everything that was going on around him? And then after that, I guess we can get into, you know, the offensive line play, the receivers and whatnot. So how do you do? Yeah, honestly, I, I think Mac has been the least of their problems for most of these practices. And I, I understand that there is a, a macro level discussion with Mac Jones, his physical limitations and what an offense led by Mac is really capable of in the NFL in 2023. Like we see Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts, and he he's not those guys physically. He, he's not as athletic. He's not as gifted with talent. Uh, but at the same time, I, I still go out to most of these practices and say when the other guys are doing their job and everybody's doing their 111th around Mac, uh, he puts the ball consistently with good accuracy and timing and touch more than times than not. And that's how it felt like today as well. When he was in, the offensive line wasn't caving in around him and the guys were getting open down the field. He was making the throws that were being presented to him. So I think a lot of people would want more out of their quarterback. Uh, the people around him a little bit more, but I still am pretty is going to do his job. It's really more about uh, the other guys uh, around him at this point. And how did you feel about the situational execution? Because obviously Mac was asked after practice about the rep where Belichick seemed to kind of glide into him. I thought there were maybe a couple instances where receivers weren't doing what they should have been doing in a situation where, you know, you understand that you're not going to get hit, but you do want to keep the ball going and not try to like just run off like, you know, it's a big play that in a big game probably wouldn't. What did you think? Because I thought this was one of their sloppier performances, considering they've really been on point with, you know, not getting penalized, doing what they're supposed to be doing, given the situation that's happening. What were your takeaways there? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And that two-minute drill towards the end of practice was pretty rough. There were multiple penalties, mm-hmm. multiple sacks, uh, just things that you look at this offense. And I, I think the biggest thing for me is just they're going to be an offense that's going to re- in many ways to that death by a thousand paper cuts strategy where they're going to be more about efficiency 
and getting first downs and running the football and things like that. Whereas these other offenses around the league, including the one we saw today on the other side of the Packers is more bombs away and more hunting explosive plays. And they're trying to get three, uh, you know, three play 75 yard touchdown drives when the Patriots might be a 10 play 75 yard touchdown drive team. So when you are a team like that, execution play to play is paramount. You cannot shoot yourselves in the foot. You can't go backwards. Uh, you can't have negative plays because you don't have the capability necessarily to make it all up in one 40 yard chunk. So mm -hmm. if you go backwards with a sack, if you get called for called for a hold, then that becomes a point where it's second and 20 and you don't really have the playmakers or the offense to then go ahead and make up for that in one play. So that's my biggest worry about the negative plays that we saw out there today is that this team is stringed together positive plays offensively, you know, eight, nine, 10 times in a row uh, to get down the field. And if they go backwards, it, it might get behind schedule and they might get off the rails a little bit. You mentioned that. What did you think of the receiving course performance? Because I felt like Devontae Parker did Devontae Parker's thing. Juju thought he found the holes in zones a couple of times. But yeah. they also felt like as big a problem as the offensive line was, there looked like there might have been some coverage sacks as well. So how did you feel about the top unit? And do you think that maybe somebody like Kayshawn Booty, who was great early on, or Demario Douglas, who had his flashes today and has had flashes consistently do you think maybe they should be getting more opportunity to show what they can do and add some explosiveness or do you maybe think that the uh, veteran group just really does need to get that time together maybe some chemistry or what's your takeaway it's a good question because i think this group is the veteran guys clearly good at the little things you know the details seem to be a lot sharper when they're out on the field whereas with a taekwon thornton for example we have route running miscues. We have Demario Douglas, as good as he's been as a route runner, as dynamic as he is as a mover. You limitations with this side thing are going to play him probably inside of the slot. So he's not necessarily as versatile as a Kendrick or a Juju that can move around the formation a little bit more. So you look at those two guys, and you have two guys that can get open and can without help from the scheme. And I thought that's what we saw that very first 11 on 11 period this morning was play action and you have RPO and you have motion, and you have all these smoke and mirrors that Bill O'Brien is capable of scheming up. Then they can move the football because help for the receivers to get open with all the run action. And then they obviously are protecting the offensive line with all the misdirection and false keys. When you have all that stuff going on, you have that ability to maybe mask some of your weaknesses. But then when you get into 11 on 11, where it's a two minute drill and it's just roll the ball out and it's our 11 guys against your 11 guys, they don't have a ton of guys that are just natural route runners that just are natural mm -hmm. at creating separation and are explosive players, except the two rookies. So I, I are the two young guys, I should say with Thornton and, and Douglas. And I guess you can throw booty in there today he had a pretty good day so maybe you throw mm -hmm. him in there as well but i'm interested to you know hear your your point of view because they do typically lean on parker born and Smith they're obviously paying smith schuster and parker so those guys are going to be mm -hmm. out there but it's a slow group when they you really think about it all things considered especially with hunter henry at tight end 
Yeah, so I actually got really excited in the last practice in Foxborough that we went to because instead of Juju in the slot during two minutes, we saw Demario Douglas. And Juju's someone where, in my mind, yeah, you like him on the field when you're playing zone because he knows how to find those soft spots and be quarterback friendly. If you're going to use a stack or a bunch, then he's smart enough to know how to capitalize on those to get himself open. But if you're just going like him in the slot, no motion, no special formation to kind of help him out, I don't really like the matchup against most NFL corners because I don't think he has that ability to create his own space. Whereas DeMario, I think consistently gives people trouble and can be that guy where if Mac just needs to count on somebody to get open, that can be him. Now, as you said, the size limitations are significant. And you also don't know how far along he is in terms of Mac really having that comfort to say, okay, you know, I got Parker outside, my jump ball guy, I got Kendrick Bourne, you know, he's good on the backside dig, whatever. Underneath, if I just need to get the ball out, it's DeMario. We don't know where they are yet, though. I don't want to put my eggs in that basket, but I would like to see Douglas involved more, and I think he's on the right track. And now I'm curious to hear what you think about the booty situation because, like you said, he was popping off early on. Matt gave him a great anticipation throw on a deep out. Bailey Zappi threw a deep out that seemed to be behind him and let the defender get in on the play. But Booty still made a contested catch and kept the speed in along the sideline. And we really saw him get involved. And then he's gone for the rest of practice. And I wasn't sure if it was, you know, I'm wondering from your perspective, was it a lack of opportunity? Did you see that maybe he wasn't performing as well? And that was why he wasn't getting those targets? Like what happened there? Because I was kind of drawing a blank. Yeah, it's it's a good question because he kind of had a day that the whole offense had where that period they were about to have a day and then it, it faded quickly and honestly got kind of ugly at times mm-hmm. uh, in those later portions of the period. I, I thought that opening period of practice for Booty was maybe his best team period session of the entire training camp. I, I mm-hmm. am not... I haven't been as big on booty Taylor as, as some other people big on booty and, you know, no, no pun intended, but I, I haven't been as big on, on cash on booty as, as some other people, because I think a lot of his catches that he's made in practice, especially in on 11 on 11. Yeah. They're great highlight reel, you know, one handed acrobatic type of catches, but I didn't necessarily see the consistent separation or that ability mm-hmm. to, to repeat it over and over and over again. Whereas like a guy like Douglas, you can see it that he could be able to get open, you know, not just once or twice, but maybe five or six times in a game or something along those lines. And that's something that I haven't necessarily seen from Kayshawn. But today in that first opening session, I, I felt like that was his best session of camp where he was creating downfield separation. Uh, he really has a, does a good job against off coverage. If guys mm-hmm. are off the line against him, whether it's zone or and, I feel like he has that ability to free release off the line of scrimmage, get defensive backs uncomfortable, and then break underneath, you know, on dig patterns or outs or things like that. But if he's asked to beat press man and just go one-on-one against the guy, necessarily see those great separation skills uh, like a guy like Douglas. So I think that's the, the conundrum is that you see – the body type with booty can be a little bit more versatile. Uh, you know, he has a little bit more size, a little bit more thickness to him, but he doesn't necessarily have the dynamic route running. I, I think that they're in an inter- interesting spot with these receivers though, because they're, they're going to be pretty stubborn. I think about playing the veteran guys in that room. I just know how Bill Belichick thinks and how that system typically works. And I think we'd really be stubborn about that. But at the same time, 
you see how explosive guys like Thornton and Douglas can be, even just to keep the defense honest, like even just to get safeties to respect uh, the speed on the field a little bit more. And, and I think that the receiver sets, especially where it makes some sense to not have such similar players across the mm-hmm. board where you're, if you're Parker, a born Juju Hunter Henry, and that's kind of your passing group, you're just kind of slow. You don't really mm-hmm. have any threat of running by anybody. Whereas I, I hate to take one of those guys off the field, you know, at times, but if you put Thornton or Douglas into that three receiver, 11 personnel grouping, and maybe take a Parker or a born or Juju out, out of the equation, getting some more juice on the outside and some guys that can run by some people. And even if it doesn't hit consistently down the field to Thornton, for example, at least you have the threat on the mm-hmm. field that that might happen. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can choose your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelpMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And I think that, you know, you mentioned how Belichick's going to be stubborn. And that's because in this system, there are so many side adjustments and things that you have to, when you're running a route, you have to make certain changes based on what you see. We might, I don't want to say definitively because we don't have tape, but we might have seen a glimpse of that uh, in the last practice at Foxborough where Mack almost threw that interception was when Douglas was in during two minute where Douglas ran an out, but it seemed like Mack thought he was going to run a corner because the pass wasn't even close. And in those situations where you have a quarterback who knows the system and a rookie receiver, it's probably on the receiver. So you understand why, but at the same time, if your offense can't move the ball or get separation and it's hurting you, you have to start figuring out ways around that. And you mentioned Tyquan Thornton, the only young receiver we haven't talked about yet. We did see him get behind the defense on that one play where Bailey Zappi overthrew him. It might have been wind or whatever, but you started to see the flashes of, okay, this is what you want. Like if it's play action and you have Thornton in a condensed split, You'd like to see him against off coverage be able to really be that threat. All right, nobody's hitting me. Let me be an athlete and run. What did you see from Taekwon today, and do you think his stock is any higher or lower than it was entering today's practice? Yeah, I think it's a little bit higher than maybe it was, uh, you know, right when he returned, when he got hurt. It seemed like he he got hurt. He didn't really have a great start to camp, gets injured, and then comes back in the first couple days. I think he was just getting wet a little bit, but – I thought today he has some had some good habits, and that's all I'm really looking for from Taekwon. Where uh, you mentioned the the deep over that you know looked like a little bit of an overthrow, maybe the wind caught it from Zappy, and then I thought there was a play earlier where they actually uh, the pack the coverage on the backside, and he was all by himself behind the defense, but Max's eyes were elsewhere because of where the read was taking him. So those are things that if he just keeps doing those things and keeps doing it well, then eventually the targets will 
find him. Like of all will find you. And I think that's one of the, the difficult parts about playing receiver sometimes is that you could run a great route. And if the quarterback's not looking in your direction, then the ball might not necessarily get there, but mm-hmm. eventually it will. And they'll come back right. to those types of things and they'll see it on, they'll say, Oh, this worked like tomorrow. Let's try to go out and hit it. You know, those types of things. And, and it will be able to, they'll be able to figure out those types of things. So with Taekwon, I mentioned the route running miscues earlier. I do think that some of that stuff does happen with him where I not always on point of where they want him to be going. I think the big thing that you see is like when he's being inside out, like when there's a guy outside and, and there's just like a, a zone defender on the inside of him too, they really want guys to like sit down right in between. Mm-hmm those zones and sometimes I continue towards the sideline and actually get himself run into coverage those are the things that you want to coach out of his game but he's got the speed I he's one of the more frustrating guys and that I think that's on their offense because you guys you know like a Kendrick Bourne for example who is nowhere near as fast or explosive as Taekwondo Thorin but he's a heady guy and he's a savvy vet and he's a good player but if Taekwon had like Kendrick Bourne's IQ, then you would be this great player. But they have to be able to find ways to get him to be smarter out there because uh, they need his speed. That That's just a, a genuine statement that they absolutely need somebody that's going to keep the defense honest and be able to stretch the field a little bit. And, and he, so I really think he's one of the bigger X factors in the offense this year. So I've kind of been tiptoeing around the offensive line conversation because it's a weird it's a weird one to have because there's always the asterisk of Trent Brown and David Andrews are the only guys who are playing the positions you expect to be starting in week one. You know, Riley Reef may be a starter, but is he going to be guard? We don't know. At the same time, my concern has been, yeah, even if, you know, even if like Best case scenario, Mike and Wenu comes back relatively early and you get Cole Strange and he's totally fine and has a good year and all these things. Riley Reef or whoever's at right tackle isn't a liability. Even if that happens, how much is the offense's inability to execute plays consistently because of pressure going to have a ripple effect into the season? I'm curious what you think about that and whether this is something where week one or, you know, even after maybe the first month they can snap back in and be like, all right we can execute these plays and we're comfortable? Or do you think this is going to have long-term ramifications, even if they get their best case scenario in the trenches? Offensive line makes or breaks the season for them. I don't think that's Mm. even dramatic to say that like their play up front is going to dictate whether or not they're going to be an offense that can actually threaten in this division, especially, but just in the grand scheme of things in the league in general, it's, I actually thought, and I don't know if you you caught the clip uh, of Hard Knocks last night where Robert Sala was talking about offensive line, and I thought the clip like really sums up just offensive line play in general around the league. He was like, you can have a Hall of Fame quarterback, the reigning offensive rookie of the year, Dalvin Cook in the backfield, but if the offensive line stinks, then like you know and the Patriots obviously don't have all that offensive talent other than the than uh you know like the Jets do but the point still stands I think for New England where if they're not going to be able to block anybody I I don't really know why it matters like I Mm -hmm. I don't think any of this other any of this other stuff that we're talking about is really going to make a difference if 
their offensive line doesn't get their their stuff together. I, I think the biggest thing is with that group. I thought that the pass blocking in uh, Thursday night's game against the Texans, I think really what we have to go off of because uh, there's not a whole lot of, of fi- we don't get to watch film of practice, right? So we don't really know what, what went wrong sometimes. But I think the biggest thing is that the, the, the pass protection was a little bit better. I don't know what you thought. Uh, a little bit better than I thought watch like it was it was they had some really really bad plays no doubt about it like the two zappy sacks the the, there was pressure from multiple angles but for the Mm -hmm. most part it was uh, it was a little bit cleaner than I thought it was in a pass protection sense their run blocking was abysmal like they they reeled in the running game all over the place and that I think is going to be a big thing. You know, I, I think that they have to figure out this thing up front and I've tried to remain patient with it because the biggest thing is is if they can have a sturdier three like if you have cole strange david andrews and mike on playing good football together on the interior then you'll have that to create the depth of the pocket so mac jones can step up mac jones can uh, take shallow drops things like that to protect himself in a good position in the pocket where the tackles, all they're going to have to do at that point is block inside out. Like just don't let anybody beat you inside and don't let anybody beat you badly around your corner. Like if you can get them to eight to 10 yards and he has that ability to step up, uh, then they'll be okay. And and I think that that's really what they're counting on, but you have to see that group together uh, before you can go out and say that it's going to be all right. You know, I think, I, like I wrote today, that the, the hand is hovering over the panic button. I'm not pressing the panic button yet because we have regular offensive line together yet. So I can't press it yeah. because it could all be fixed when Cole Strange and Mike Onwenu come back. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's what they have to hope for is that that interior really builds that sturdy shelf where Mac Jones can just sit right behind David Andrews and Onwenu and Strange. But those guys really be the guys that do the heavy lifting. Yeah, and you mentioned the preseason game. Definitely looking back, especially when Cunningham was in the game, it felt like they started to kind of get a rhythm going. When you watched, I thought there were some moments where they struggled. Like, City So definitely adjusting to the tackle spot. Cody Russell yeah. got pushed back a couple of times. But the issues were really, I thought, with stunts and line games and things like that, where yeah. they just weren't picking those things up well. And you mentioned the run blocking, which I actually thought – was really good today. Mac Jones mentioned it after practice, and it looked like they were blowing some holes open. Like the running backs were getting past the line of scrimmage and actually able to do a little something at the second level. But with the backups, you saw their lack of chemistry was glaring because there were times where it just it didn't look like combos were being executed the right way. So guys were like getting uh, their leverage, and it was almost impossible blocks at times. So with that backup line, I definitely think the run blocking could do some work was positive to see today that the unit that was out there was blowing some holes open. Uh, but we talked about the offense ad nauseum. Let's get a little defense involved here. What did you think of the secondary? I thought Christian Gonzalez, for the most part, had a pretty strong day. He did let up one catch against Dobbs. I think it was like on a slant or something where I didn't even think he knew that the play was about to happen because he seemed like he was caught yeah. off guard. Um, Marcus Jones let up a few catches. Jack Jones, I thought, had a strong performance. What did you think of that group? Well, I just want to say, like, off the top, and I know people are going to hear this and say that all those receivers are are made compared to, you know, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell or, or 
in the grand scheme. I really think Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are good players. I think those guys mm-hmm. are starting to come on. And uh, Christian Watson in particular is somebody I absolutely loved in the draft and I, I thought was a, a great rookie for them, especially in like the last eight games or so of the season. So those are two good players. The great are they Jerry Rice? Like, no, of course not. But like, they're they're two good receivers, and I, I do think that this group and no offense to the Patriots, receivers, but I, I think that they had to adjust a little bit to the speed uh, of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs out there today because they just bit better uh, than Devontae Parker mm-hmm. and some of the other guys that they go up against on a daily basis. So I thought that was a bit of an adjustment, especially for Christian Gonzalez. Uh, the the big play that they hit to Watson, I think, is interesting for two reasons. Uh, you know, one, I, I I still think the Debbie role is a work in progress. Uh, that's that's really been one of my main concerns watching this defense. They they don't really have a natural center fielder. Like, and and what I'm talking about is uh, route anticipation, but also technique. Right, be able mm-hmm. to get in the pedal and turn and run after a football uh, they they don't really have a guy that looks smooth back there in that role yet and everybody's sort of trying to learn it and trying to figure out what they can and can't do and things like that and that's what training camp is for but until i'm 100 percent what they're doing in the center field role i i don't know uh you know how great i feel about the the deep ball on this pass defense right now and i thought the one with gonzalez too uh, with with watson uh, it, it looked to me like it was probably some sort of cover. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think sometimes what happens with Gonzalez, and this happened in this college film as well, he gets a little bit lost in zone coverage at times. And I think the biggest thing is, is his receiver ran like underneath him and ran like over the middle of the field to kind of like sit it down. And he got sucked up in the middle of the field. And then once he saw Jordan Love's eyes going deep, he tried to, you know, retrace his steps and get back to the deep third. And their system, when that cross, when that route goes underneath, they want you to get depth on the, mm, on the third to fall off and and get deep into the middle of the field or, or the deep third of the field, I should say. And I, I thought he knew uh, that he kind of messed up a little bit and and tried to haul ass back there to fix the problem. Uh, but at that point, it was just a little bit too late so are the little things with Gonzalez when he's in man and he's just asked to just play press man against people the guy's smooth as hell like he he's sticky uh, he's a great cover guy in that respect but in zone he does get a little bit lost and tends to cover grass more often or kind of get pulled into different directions and things like that I do think that was a good point because when I saw it, I was thinking, oh, it's a pretty heady play for him to even notice when he was sucked up. But you're right. He probably should have been getting depth there. And I thought that he should have really been playing the hands because I thought him trying to look for the ball that whole time gave him like put him a step behind where if he's looking and waiting for the ball to fall, he can punch it out. And Jalen Mills, it looked like it was partially on him, but I thought that he was trying to disguise and was rotating to the middle which makes yeah. it a lot harder to cover ground when you've got Watson on the same side running across and out with 4-3 speed. Like, that was one of those where I didn't really – I said it was more of an offensive win than a defensive loss, but a great point. Gonzalez probably should have been getting depth there. Uh, what did you think about the other corners' performances, like the other Jones in particular? Jones is- yeah, I, I thought – look, I, I think that Jack Jones probably had the best day in terms of pure coverage. Now, he was working a lot with the the twos or like kind of like the one Bs, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. – a- exactly against the top guys uh for the uh Packers but I, I thought that he was pretty sticky out there for the most part I think he got beat on one to the sideline 
a deep ball towards the end of practice, but he had pretty darn good coverage. Like that was, was kind of perfect just, throw. Yeah, yeah, just a good throw and catch. So I, I, I saw out of Jack Jones a bit, you know, outside of the extracurriculars a little bit after the whistle that they <laughs> had to pull him back from. But that's Jack Jones, and I think with him. Uh, the one thing that I really do like about him, and I, I don't mean to t- get into a whole conversation about the off-field stuff, but I, I kind of like that he's a little chip. That group doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of chippiness to it, uh, aside of him and Jabril Peppers. Like, oh, the rest of those guys are just kind of nice dudes, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, Christian Gonzalez is like this quiet rookie, you know, very, very reserved personality. I think Marcus Jones has a little energy to him, but I don't think he's like the nicest guy in the world. Like, I don't think yeah. he's going to like get into like a, a, a training camp, you know, joint practice fight. Like that's just not, not Marcus Jones's style. And then you obviously have like guys like Jonathan Jones and Adrian Phillips who are like needed for like lifetime achievement awards when they retire from football. So <laughs> like, you know, those, those guys don't really have like a ton of, I don't know, just like juice sometimes. Like, I'm not saying they don't mm. play fast or play hard. I'm just saying they don't play with edge at all times. The two guys that do are actually Jack and, and I think Jabril Peppers is like the, the ringleader of the juice. But uh, I think Jack Jones having a little bit of an edge to him, uh, you know, off field notwithstanding, I, I, I think is a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think Jalen Mills kind of slides into that category a little bit. Now, yeah, he yeah. gets made fun of because like when he was with the Eagles, he was doing it when quarterbacks were throwing 10 yards ahead of the receiver and he's celebrating yeah. when he didn't have good coverage. But you saw when he had that run stop, uh, he's got a little bit of juice to him, too. So but yeah, no, I, I see what you mean with the cornerback group, especially Jack Jones, giving them a little more fire helps. Now, going to get you out of here. Last thing I want to know is what your thoughts were on the kicking situation, because we saw Nick Folk had a good day, had one miss, but you can also clearly see, I feel like, you know, he's got below average leg strength, whereas Chad Ryland's freaking booming kicks so high that we couldn't even tell yeah. whether they were in or not, but also missed a couple. What were your thoughts on both the weather and how they both were able to adjust and uh, compensate? Yeah, that win was pretty gnarly. Like the the Packers kicker, um, of course, Carlton, yeah. He like picked one and the wind just completely knocked it down. I don't know what, like five to ten yards short of the goalpost. Like like, it was was honestly the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like, you know, somebody (laughs) like, yeah, force field or like a you know, Obi-Wan with the force was just like, nope, like that ball's dead, right? So that was a that was weird. Like those conditions were a little bit crazy out there. It was pretty windy. Uh, but I, I will say I think with Ryland. When it gets windy like that, you would like to see him kick it a little bit more on a line drive. Like he's trying to put air under the ball still, and you know it's windy. And once the ball gets up in the wind, like you have no idea where it's going to go from there. Yeah. So, you know, adjusting a little bit more, I, I think, is something that he'll continue to learn. But I, I just look at his draft status, and I do think that's a factor. But mainly I, I look at the performance, and it's going to be tough for them to, to side with Folk on this one. He's got a much stronger leg. I think he's real accurate. I, I don't think it's like Nick Folk is hitting 80% of his kicks and Ryle 55%, right? Like, I think it's like 80, mm-hmm. 75. And with that, yeah. plus the bigger leg, and I think maybe the a little bit more juice on kick, kickoff as well, I, I would give it to, to Rylan for all the. I know Alex Barth had both kickers on his 53 man roster projection because he thinks they're going to do like the 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 accuracy stuff and then let Rylan kick like 50 plus and pick kickoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. Then I'm going to 
there. Uh, that's, you know, I think something that isn't completely out of the realm because I know Bill Belichick and if he feels like folks better 45 than and in, but we can't trust him 45 plus, but we have this, uh, I, I know them. I know that they'll, they'll do crazy. I, I will say quickly though, on the punters, uh, Bryce Beringer has not been very good. I would say for like yeah. the last like three or four practices. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Today he had some tough uh, hang times, like just like a couple of, uh, over three seconds. I uh, had some shanks and some drives. So I don't know what's going on with him, but I watched it happen with Jake Bailey Taylor. And once you lose it, like once you, it's like a golf swing. And once you lose the, mm-hmm. the swing and the rhythm and the, the, the technique, all of a sudden you can, you can really start to have it unravel. So I'm not ready to like panic or anything about Bryce Beringer yet, but I am watching it tomorrow. And as we go forward here in Nashville to see uh, what, if he's in a funk or if it's just one or two bad practices or whatever the case may be. That's a really good point. One thing I just, I have it in my head when you mentioned the kickoffs, the best way you can visualize the difference in leg strength is when they do kick off, Ryland takes like two or three steps and just booms it. Nick yeah. Bolt gets like a running start. Like he's yeah. 10 yards back, multiple steps trying to get the power on that. There's a very, very, I mean, I'm sure anybody could see it if you've been any of the joint practice or any of the training camp practices or whatever, but big difference. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Evan, appreciate the time, man. I always let people, you know, plug themselves. I feel like everybody who's watching this right now knows who you are, but <laughs> going with tradition, I will give you the floor to promote anything you'd like to. Yeah, well, everything uh, that we do is on Patriots.com. So you can just go ahead right to Patriots.com and find it all there. I see some of the old people in the chat, you know, some familiar faces and familiar names. So uh, uh, that's awesome. And uh, this isn't the only CLNS podcast I'm going to do this week. So there's a little bit of a of a tease for you. And then I also mentioned Patriots Cash 22, people that, uh, you know, like me and Barth and aren't sick of us yet. Uh, we do a podcast over on Patriots.com. It's called Patriots Cash 22, and we do that once a week. So uh, Barth and I are still doing stuff on the air. I think uh, he tries to every once in a while. Uh, I figured I'll give that a plug. Awesome. Appreciate you so much for joining, man. Appreciate you all for watching as always. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We will see you next time.